Atomic! Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Atomic Shark, the show where I do not listen to the playback after we record these. I, I don't edit this stuff, so how would I know? I am your host, Tyler, and joining me is Editing Wizard. Justin, throw some applause in there right there if you would. No. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> like you said, I edit these. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? You'd, pr- you'd probably be putting like a like a booing thing um, whenever I say I am your host, Tyler, or something like that, and I wouldn't be any of the wiser. In fact, do that just to spite me. It'll be funny. <laughs> or don't. I don't care. But we're not here to talk about editing, editing tidbits. Today, we'll be taking a much-needed vacation on an island resort, and I left Justin in charge of picking our resort. Unfortunately, he picked the one where another Asylum movie takes place. Thank you for that, Justin. You always know which ones to pick. No problem. So this is Monster Island. Not to be confused with Monster Island from the Godzilla movies, or any other movie that I Google search that has the name Monster Island. You are going to have a tough time discerning which is which on that one. So let's get on with the statistics, shall we? Uh, Yeah, this coincided with the release of Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which came out the same year. Yeah, it was about a month from it. Written and directed by Mark Atkins, starring Eric Roberts, Chris Fisher, Adrian Boucher, Megan Oberholzer, Natalie Robbie, and Donna Carmack. Uh, edited by Mark Atkins and Mark Morrison and Eric Castile, with a runtime of 90 minutes. Released on June 1st, 2019. So yeah, uh, this was interesting, to say the least. That's probably a good way to put it, right? Yeah, I'll, I want to save a lot of, like, my general thoughts for the end, because I feel like we need to, like, explain, like, what's wrong with the movie first. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's interesting because it was still enjoyable, even though it was a mess. Yeah, it's... I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, it's a bit more enjoyable than the last movie, but that doesn't take a lot. So, let's jump mm-hmm. into the story that I have written up, shall we? Okay, so our story begins 20,000 years ago, where we see two silhouettes hug each other viciously at the sea... Cuts to the present day after the title card drops. We meet the two sub- we meet two submariners uh, searching for the sea bottom when their drone is destroyed by a giant monster. Their boss, millionaire Billy Ford, goes with them on a mining mission to the ocean where their drone is lost, but is stopped by an ISA government agent, Murray, who insists on tagging along. They dive down. And- I will say real quick. Sorry, I. I- I try to only interrupt when it's, like, you know, important to what you're talking about currently. That's fine. And, yeah. Like, they basically start the movie with, like, uh, the view of this, like, underwater sub thing. And then the two pilots, like, in a kind of nondescript room. And they're, like, you know, talking about what they're seeing on the screens and all that. And it seems like, you know, what all these other movies have done where it's just people in a sub, and then a monster attacks, and they die, like, in the first five minutes. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. And this is happening concurrently to uh, Billy Ford on the news, like a, like a live feed news from his, like, mansion or whatever, um, talking about the exposition that I guess, like, these people are on. The exposition. And... Expedition. <laughs> <laughs> he gives exposition about the expedition. There you go. There we go. Um, I didn't even realize I said that wrong. Um, and yeah, so then the monster attacks, like, destroys this, this little sub thing, and then it cuts back to the people, like, shocked that their thing was destroyed. 
And at that moment, like, it goes to kind of a wide shot of the guy, like, uh, you know, showing, like, he's basically on his phone doing the interview. He's on And he's like, I'm, I'm going to show you, yeah, I'm going to give you a tour of the whole operation. And he, like, walks into the room that they're in, and they start talking about how, like, it's a revolutionary, like, remote drone sub thing. And, like, it was actually kind of a cool intro. Yeah. Because, like, it it's, seems like... You know, this this sub is out there, it gets destroyed, and then you'll never see these people again. So it's kind of a nice, like, bait-and-switch when, like, you it immediately cuts back to them, and they're in a different room, you know, mixed with the, the news program saying, like, oh, yeah, you're you're testing remote drones, huh? Yeah. That, I don't know, I thought that was surprisingly clever. Yeah, that was a nice little uh, fake out there. Like, I thought they were actually in a sub the entire time, but nope, they were just yeah. piling a drone. So, that was a nice little change up there. I do agree with you there. Yeah, it was a strong start. Like, it, it gave me hope for this movie. Yeah. And <laughs> I assume that it was quickly dashed. <sighs> yeah. But also, they're in the Pacific this time. So, you know, no more Atlantic Rim stuff. <laughs> Can't exactly call it Pacific Rim this time, now can we? No, I mean, it's not the Pacific Rim anyway, but, like... All of these other movies have taken place in the Atlantic Ocean, so it's a nice surprise. Again, subverting expectation. Yeah. Subverting expectation. Ah, there you go. There's the pun master. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they dive down in the submarine, but are trapped by a giant starfish. Ford tries to warn the authorities that this kaiju, they call them monsters kaijus in this movie, will be headed Is this for the violence. first Asylum movie to use the word kaiju? Yes, it is. I thought so. Yeah, because... I mean, it's kind of weird that, like, you know, they're fighting Starro, um, and they call it a kaiju, but whatever. <laughs> Starro. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was the Suicide Squad for a second. Yeah, right? I've, I I kind of assumed that it was, like, uh, Patrick Starr's gigantic overweight cousin or something, but that's neither here nor mm. there. Patrick Starro? There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, military planes shoot missiles at the starfish... But they find that it bleeds magma, because of course it does. They barely escape it, but an attack sub that isn't covered in plot armor sadly meets its end. Four tries to explain the situation to Navy General Eric Roberts, but is brushed off because being a dick is literally in this man's resume. Ford and his team separate from Murray so he can find her old college professor, who went in seclusion after her study of kaijus were disproven. She discovers the monster's is called the Tengu, the Destroyer, a creature that feeds on volcanic residue and uses it to attack. So... For the longest time, I thought she was saying Tingle. Yeah, right. Ooh! Just so, <laughs> just sells you overpriced uh, items. Yeah. Just wearing a... Kululempa! And then destroys people. I'm just imagining the starfish wearing a onesie now, uh, just tied to balloons. Ugh. Yeah. Have that image uh, savored in your brain. I mean, spoilers, but it does get wings. So, you know, if, it, if like, balloons came out of it instead and it just floated away. Oh, no, it's been drinking <laughs> Red Bull. But we'll get wow. to that in a second. So, yeah, we have a giant kaiju on the loose. What can possibly stop it? Another kaiju called Living Mountain, because, of course, you gotta have a Godzilla in the story, uh, something to uh, mediate the giant monster threat. So, yeah. But I do like that, like, Monster Island as a title was, like, a literal creature. Like, he is the Monster Island. 
Uh, it's funny that you say that, because there is a bit of a twist line at the end that kind of disproves that theory, but we'll get to well, that Well, yes, soon. that too. But, like, I assumed, you know, like, they spent so much of this movie just dealing with Starro, and I was like, where's the Monster Island going to come into effect? And then, like, they talk about the Living Mountain, which was literally just a an island, like, a, a monster made out of an island. He's literally a mountain man. Yeah. So yeah, Ford and his cronies use a drone to scan the Tengu and find a possible weakness, but it gets blown up. They do find that they do find the weakness, and they learn that it's heading to the volcano Talpole, and if it does, the world will be filled in the volcanic winter, creating another ice age. Meanwhile, Murray and the Professor Lady head to Monster Island to find the Living Mountain. Mean meanwhile, Eric Roberts plans to use a sonic weapon on the kaiju as Ford explains his plan to destroy from within. The sonic weapon only pisses it off and destroys a fleet of navy ships. What a surprise. The military in this movie do more harm than help. We haven't seen that before. Nope. Never. <laughs> this is completely new. Ford and his team send a drone with a compound to initiate a trigger effect inside the creature, but Eric Roberts' men cut them out of their plan by disconnecting the drone and the rest of them. The drone blows up the Tengu's mouth, but it shoots out a bunch of eggs into the wild. They hatch into these weird-looking pterodactyl dragon thingies that breathe fire. Yeah, that was... Like, I mean, it was unexpected, but a starfish sends out eggs full of dragons? Hey man, have you played Pokemon? I've seen weirder evolutions. I guess... Like, they do still breathe, like, volcanic breath or whatever, so, like, I kind of get it, but... Yeah. It'd be funnier if, uh, they were wyverns, uh, it, like, if they couldn't fly, but it would be closer to, uh, what they're supposed to look like. But, you know. Yeah. These things looked dumb. They look pretty dumb. Uh, they have these weird, uh, multi-beak, uh, mouth heads. Like, they, they mm -hmm. don't seem like they have eyes, they just seem like they have, like, multiple orifices, and it's weird. Yeah, like, when they open up their uh, mandibles, I guess, to shoot fire or lava or whatever, it kind of looks like it's, like, a um, like a futuristic gun that, like, kind of, you know, separates and then shoots out a beam. Like, it doesn't look like a creature. It's, it's pretty much the equivalent of uh, Kaiju Megatron just turning into a gun, now that you mention it like that. Yeah, kinda. Ford and company are chased by one of the monsters, and the soft-spoken cowardly guy dies. They regroup at Murray eh. and the Professor Lady, uh, and she explains that the Living Mountain can only be awakened with the blood of the Tengu. Good thing there's a bunch of Tengu eggs filled with molten lava. They find one and take it to Monster Island and try to crack that son of a bitch open. But it hatches and capsizes their chopper, stranding them on Monster Island. They lure the monster into a cave until it literally spits hot fire into a crevice, and the living mountain wakes up. Meanwhile, rocks fall, and uh, uh, Ford dies. But not really. I just wanted to make a Dungeons and Dragons joke. <laughs> yeah, it did, like, it looked really dumb. Like, these, what looked like tiny pebbles, just kind of fall on him like don't, don't even crush him or anything just fall on him and then everyone like gathers around him and freaking out like just kind of like pretends to lift these heavy rocks like you can tell they're styrofoam or something and they're all just like <laughs> like lifting these rocks that fit in like one hand 
Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, um, Mountain Man smooshes, smooshes the Tengu that was chasing them and shoots laser beams at a giant cluster of them. No questions. I am completely okay with this. Meanwhile... This guy looked dumb, too. Yeah. He, I, I thought he would kind of look like a Goron or something, but he was, he was just like a big, dumb idiot. Like, <laughs> It's the mouth that bothers me. It, it has, a, mm-hmm. it has a, a really big, wide gorilla mouth, and it just looks yeah. dumb. And it doesn't look like it's made of rock. Yeah, it looks like it's made of very cheap CGI that only the Asylum can afford. That's fair. So yeah, uh, the giant starfish from before isn't exactly dead yet, as it sprouts wings and attacks the living mountain. The good guys find a piece of obsidian uh, to stab out the hatchling's flaming eyeball and shoot the tengu in its big dumb starfish face, blowing it and the living mountain up and leave behind the giant pine cone they call an egg. For reasons. Professor Lady says the world is filled with kaijus, and the planet itself is Monster Island. Ooh, sequels. Totally not ripping off the MonsterVerse there, guys. Nope. Except in that time, that was the planet's core. That's true. It's full of monsters. Yeah, it's true. So. But no, I, like, I actually, I thought the ending was kind of surprising because, like, it was still, um, it was still rushed. Like, the fact that, I mean, the Living Mountain, like, basically the, the titular character, if you think of it as Monster Island, um, came in, like, the last ten minutes. I uh, was barely seen. Like, I, I couldn't even totally tell what it looked like. I just saw that it was dumb. Um, and then the starfish sprouts wings and, like, suckerfish attacks or attaches. And then they, like, just kind of hand wave them, like, the humans winning. And then they stand in front of this egg and they're like, oh, well, that that's not the last of them. And then it goes to credits. But, like, at least it wasn't, like, you know, wrapping it all up on in, like, a nice little bow with, like, a hokey ending. It's like, they're like, we're not done. Well, at the, at the very least, they're not circle jerking each other at the very right. end. So that's one step in the right direction, if you look at it as a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But that's probably not the movie you're looking for. I'm actually wondering if this is setting up uh, the next movie, because it's also got Eric Roberts in it, like, as I think it's the same character. Ah, uh, we should probably talk about him first because he is Ugh. the he is the biggest actor in this movie. He is the first credit that pops up. Yeah, and he's that that he is... stereotypical like bad military guy. Yep, he does not like the good guys at mm-hmm. all. Like whenever the good guys uh, bring up a plan to stop the kaiju in its tracks, which may or may not be solid, he's just like, "No, fuck you! I'm gonna blow it the fuck up." Yeah, he says it's at like, one point. Come on, dude. He says the only thing you'll, the only mining you'll be doing is Bitcoin, which was a pretty good line, actually. <laughs> that was pretty good. Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, but yeah, Eric Roberts has to be the most prolific bad actor I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he. This is probably the only movie I've seen of him, and yeah, I can see <laughs> that. I mean, he hems it up like with the best of them, um, but. In a lot of movies he's in, like, it's, it's a lot of, like, the, you know, direct-to-DVD schlock type, just, like, to make a quick buck. Like, he is notoriously so, like, drug-addled in basically everything he does that, like, he slurs his words together in ways that, like, he his, his, 
you can't really tell what he's saying because like with lip sync or, you know, like reading lips, his movements are so erratic and stuff that you can't really read his lips. And what he's saying is so slurred together that you can't tell. And I was watching it on YouTube where the captions were also no help. (laughs) So half the time I had no idea what he was saying, but like he doesn't know how to uh, punctuate anything. Like he knows the lines and he just through them. And then stops talking. Yeah, it's it's like it's like he's speed talking through him. Like he wants to get through this as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, he's probably like wired, you know, like as in like so so high that he's not aware of what he's doing. Hey man, if I was a part of this movie project, I'd be too. Yeah, yeah that's fair. But yeah, that said, he's probably the most uniquely bad actor we've seen uh, in these movies so far, and that's saying something. Uh, if I'm going to be giving high praise. Yeah. I mean, definitely, like I said, the most high-profile bad actor. But also, like, yeah. the um, Riley, the shy, like, pilot guy that got killed, was really bad, too. Like, yeah. it was... I didn't care that he died. I was like, oh, good. We don't have to deal with him anymore. I didn't even notice that he died. Yeah, me either. Like, uh, they were running away from uh, one of the Tengus, and uh, I noticed he was missing. I was like, oh shit, did he die? Uh, are they like setting up uh, him returning like a badass? No, nope. nope. he just flat out got burned to death, and I must have missed yeah. it. But yeah, uh, the only thing I have to say about that guy is that he delivers his lines so softly that I can barely understand what he's saying either. <laughs> that and he looks like a guy I know, so that was kind of off-putting. Mm. Everyone else, though, it's... Uh, it's passable, I guess. I thought the the main guy, uh, Ford, was, like, surprisingly charming. Especially considering yeah. how much, like, exposition dump he was given to say. Like, he somehow, yeah. I don't know, he, he had good chemistry with all the other actors. And, like, he elevated the cheesy lines he was given. I yeah. enjoyed him a lot. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, the anchor of the cast, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely has, um... Uh, the most energy into everything he says and does and uh you gotta respect that yeah so yeah um uh, i think we should talk about the monsters next uh <laughs> we, sh- we should probably start with the tengus uh which starts off with the giant starfish monstrosity how do you make a giant starfish menacing like really on like i actually like, i really liked the part when they were like stuck on top of it because like they, you know, found out what it was. They were kind of looking around on it. And then it surfaced and they're in a, you know, an underwater vessel that suddenly like basically run aground because it's stuck on top of a starfish. And they couldn't figure out what to do. And then the military attacks it with like attack helicopters or whatever. Um, and the people in the sub find out that its blood is magma. So like now they're stuck on this starfish that you know is is oozing magma out of its body um like slowly creeping towards them and so they have to figure out how to get off before it like burns through the hull of their sub like that was all really well done yeah that part definitely is creepy it wasn't so much the starfish doing it but it was still like a way to make that experience tense um also they at one point said um the words volcanic starfish and i called dibs on that as a new band name Nice. Uh, I will have to be the manager of that band name, uh, calling dibs on that okay. beforehand. And uh, we've already talked about the uh, quote-unquote hatchlings, the weird dragon-looking motherfuckers that spew fire lava. And uh, 
We should probably talk about the Mountain Man next. Uh, or rather, the Living Mountain. Uh, I call him the Mountain Man affectionately in my notes. Uh, we've already stated that he looks really dumb, and he's literally a walking deus ex machina. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the only way that they defeat the Tengus at all. And even when he fights the, uh, the Tengus on his own, uh, he's barely on screen. And when they finally defeat them, he's killed off too. So what was your purpose, my guy? I mean, theoretically, he's in the egg. Like, whatever that egg is, is like some... Because they basically, what they did was they like shot something into its eye, which was like supposed to be some, you know, some deus ex machina itself. A deus ex machina related to the deus ex machina. And so, like, the, the point was to, like, get the starfish's blood, like, in the living mountain's eye or something like that to, like, unlock, unlock its full potential. And so when they did that, it, like, there was a bright light and then it became an egg or a pine cone, whatever. So, theoretically, that's somehow, like, that's the real living mountain or something. It probably could be. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Like, who knows? This probably won't get a sequel. Or maybe it'll explain it in the last movie that we cover. Spoilers. The next movie we do is probably going to be the last one. So, uh, who knows? It's probably going to be a thing. I don't know for sure, but uh, for um, the ending that they gave us, we're just going to have to call it an end here. Uh, so, let's go on to the rating, shall we? Justin, how shardy is Monster Island? Yeah, um... So this one is a little tricky to rate uh, because it's not bad. Like it's a prime example of a good idea executed poorly. And when he went through the stats and basically said it's it's written, directed and edited all by the same guy. I was like, that makes sense because th <laughs> this is a clear example of like one person had an idea and they didn't totally know how to execute it and didn't have any help. <laughs> So, you know, normally there'd be someone else in there that's like, no, here's what you could do. And he probably had, like, full creative control, which isn't always a good thing. Um, but I feel like this is the kind of thing that could have been a great, like, original monster movie. Like, kind of, you know, kind of like Pacific Rim. Um, if it had been executed correctly. But instead, it's just kind of a cheap-looking mess that had good ideas underneath it all. Um, but it was like kind of engaging and it wasn't a total train wreck, even though the acting effects and pacing were about as sloppy as I expect at this point. Um, we didn't really mention it, but somehow the effects keep getting worse as these movies get newer. Oh yeah. Like at least there wasn't like a final climactic underwater battle, but all of the underwater effects looked terrible. And that's yeah, something they, they should have nailed by now. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's like it's like they keep losing money after every movie that they pump out, yeah. and the budget is less and less. It's very possible, but I don't know. I like just based on like ideas alone. I think I'm gonna give this one like a two because it's not quite the so bad it's good like middle ground, but it's also not a good movie. It just has the potential to be if someone else made it and like actually had a yeah. budget and some, you know, competent film. Because clearly these people didn't have any editing tidbits either. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on all that, my dude. Uh, I'm going to give it a two as well. Uh, it has decent pacing. Uh, 
the ideas are there, uh, but not fully executed properly. Uh, the acting is hit and miss for me. Uh, the story is kind of in the middle ground. Yeah, I'd say 2 is a good shardy uh, score for this movie. Definitely better than At Atlantic Rim Resurrection, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. This is one where, like, early on, I would have actually, like, recommended people to watch it. But by the end, I was kind of like, eh. Don't bother. Just just listen to this. It happens. This is the better alternative, believe it or not. Yeah. And I am really sorry that we have to say that. <laughs> hey, at least it's, like, a third of the length. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, uh, that's going to be it for this week's episode. Uh, we are almost done with Atomic Shark for the foreseeable future. So tune in next time, and we will see you at the finale of Ape vs. Monster. Uh, what The two movies that we began with, we are going to end with, ironically enough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Justin, where can the people find you? You can find me if you look for Zero Score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. And maybe if the Asylum keeps churning out monster movies, you'll find me in, like, you know, one-off episodes in the future of this show. Who knows? Ooh, that sounds interesting. I'd be down for that. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe, like, once a year <laughs> we get back together for it. Oh, uh, yeah, just make it, like, a yearly anniversary sort of thing of a Right. Like, a, yeah, that'd be fun. And you can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Chai. Take check the pinned tweet down below to uh, link you to my YouTube channel, home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old ass fighting games for your enjoyment. Also check out Sharkshot.com for all your movie and video game needs, uh, featuring both of us and our lovely host Ben. And also check out the Sharkshot Gamecast on every Monday at seven Central Standard Time on Justin's Twitch channel at Zero Score. So yeah, uh, that's going to be it. We will see you guys for the finale, uh, which it's going to be a watch-along, right? Uh, I think that's what we agreed on. I haven't decided yet. I don't know if it's better for us to watch the movie together, like not recording, and then all do a review. Um, so whatever we do, we'll have a guest for the finale, which will be fun. Nice. Looking forward to that. Uh, so until then, guys, stay shardy. Good night, everyone.